Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey everyone, OMG, I am so stinking excited to bring you today's guest because there are some exciting events coming up. I have today Patricia Lohan, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I met her. But first, I want to tell you what she does because this is the coolest. Um, Besides being an author and speaker, she is a feng shui expert. She is renowned for making feng shui make sense. And to bring this point home, I met um, Patricia because we are currently in a mastermind together. And almost the first thing I heard about her, I think it was like the third thing I heard about her, but it's the one that stood up in in my mind is one of the other women in our group said she made this woman's office like a cash machine because of what she did, which is just so stinking cool. Because I know we all don't think money is the most important thing, but money is fun. And we've got a big new year coming up. And so um, Patricia's on to talk about how you can use feng shui to create a really peaceful environment in your home and your relationships to invite in more abundance. And she's going to give us some tips about what it means for the new year. So Patricia, welcome. Thank you so much. Oh my God, what an intro. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the best, um, you know, probably the best introduction to you as a personality is why don't you tell everyone where you are right now, where you were like four days ago, where you were two days ago, and then like where you were like six months ago, and they'll get a good sense on how you live your life. Okay. So right now I am in New York. Um, last week I was in Slovenia in the Alps for the ski season. And about two and a half months ago, I was in Bali where I spent most of my time. So I spent most of my time in Bali, but then we travel a lot sharing the feng shui message, but also also living and experiencing life to and the countries that we want to really live in. So it's a rainy season in Bali right now. So we're avoiding that rain and um, here in New York to do some really exciting things. So fun. I'm so excited because I get to meet Patricia in person finally. And we'll be seeing each other in a week or so because what is coming up? It's not the calendar new year, but what new year is it, Patricia? So it is coming into the Chinese New Year. So this is the uh, Chinese New Year of the pig. And for me, when um, this new year comes around, I get really excited about it because with the Chinese New Year, it is a shift of energy. And traditionally, when we look at New Year's Eve, that we have in our Western calendar. It's like still winter. It's still hibernation. People like the animals are still inward and hibernating and we're expected to start new things and get going. Whereas actually the Chinese New Year starts in February, which lines up really nice with spring spring cleaning and kind of fresh starts and the days get a bit longer and the weather starts to perk up. And 
for many, many years, um, I kind of grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And my dad always said like, oh, once the 14th of February comes, like business always starts like on the upturn. And he'd been in business for so many years. And I'm like, yeah. And it's so in sync with that same time of the year. So we're coming into the Chinese New Year. And if you feel like this up until now, it hasn't been like as you know productive or you haven't got as much done. I really just tell people like, take a break, focus on the 5th of February being your new year. I love that because, um, so I noticed on the calendar as I was just um, popping in here that my calendar was feeding like dates from, I don't know where, Facebook maybe. And it said it was the Lunar New Year the same day. Is that, are they, are they the same or just happens to be the Lunar New Year on the Chinese New Year? Actually, the Chinese New Year always falls on a new year. So the Lunar New Year is going to be the fourth. And then two weeks later, it'll actually be the solar New Year. So that's when the sun comes in. So it's, um yeah, but always it actually starts. So the, the New Year day is not the same every year. It can be the 3rd of February. It could be the 5th of February some years. It could be the 4th, but always in and around those same few days. I love that. And, you know, my um, kind of the goddess energy that dictates my life or kind of guides my life. And I'm curious if you have similar since you're from Ireland, my roots are from Ireland, mm-hmm. um, is Bridget. And so in bulk is Bridget's celebration. And that is Friday the 1st. So this is going live on the 30th, this interview. So in two mm-hmm. days, if you guys are listening to it when it goes live, is uh, the in bulk, which to me is really when I feel the energy of like newness start to pick Mm. up. I have like shivers through my whole body. I absolutely am completely connected with the energy of Bridget. I've got a huge um, community of women. I've actually done some training around uh, the energy of Bridget, visited many of her holy um, sacred spaces um, in Ireland. And that energy, exactly. It's very in um, in aligned with that in bulk energy. Um, And it's so synchronistic that these more sacred calendars all line up quite similarly, you know, like like in bulk is the first of February, like the new, the Chinese new year comes in very close to that as well. So we're all in sync, no matter what, uh, what um, kind of lineage that we're working with. They're quite very, they're very close in sync. So the ancient wisdom calendars are in sync. The yes. Western one, not so much. <laughs> not so much, but that's okay. So there's a question, there's a couple of questions I always ask um, anyone who's on this podcast, Patricia. And the yeah. first one is, and I think as we head into the questions I have for you about feng shui, if this ties in, which is, you know, what is your definition of wealth? And the purpose of this podcast is really to kind of showcase that, you know, money without a more vibrant expression of that wealth will never feel good. And Mm -hmm. so everyone's definition of wealth is different, but what are the things that make your life feel wealthy? Um, I, what comes to me is the, the, um, the words like be, do, have. And for me, wealth is to be able to do, to be, do and have like whatever it is you want. And I think that for me, when it comes to feng shui, it's like an enabler of that. And that's what I've seen a lot of my clients. It helps them create these flow, this flow of energy for them coming in. And it doesn't necessarily mean loads and loads and loads of money stock stockpiled in the bank for me it's around freedom like i like one of my values are freedom and fun and really having the freedom and the abundance to support me to kind of go you know how do you know like two maybe like two weeks ago we didn't even think we were going to be in new york like this is a huge pivot but we're like this isn't working for us here in slovenia right now where will we go 
And it was this kind of open up, let's go and having the the abundance to support us to do that. And that's what feels really wealthy for me. Um, and then be able to come and meet amazing people. Like I love connecting with people that feels really, really abundant and wealthy too. So yeah, it's about creating um, the right space to be able to kind of be do and have whatever you want. Uh, love that. And because I've read part of your book and I'll say, you know, later on when I start asking questions why I haven't finished it, I know that your story wasn't always that. So why don't because you knew about feng shui, you mm-hmm. helped your parents like bring abundance into their business when you were young, and then yet you didn't live it out. So initially, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So I got my first book about feng shui when I was 15. And I was like, sold. I was like, this is amazing. And I feel like there's there, there was at that age, there's like a a pull between, okay, you have to go like the traditional way. And obviously I didn't know how I'd ever have a career in feng shui or that didn't go into my mind, but I was actually really interested in psychology and arts and that there was no jobs in it. So I went a traditional route. I followed kind of what my peers were doing. I went and studied business in university. Um, I kind of went down that very like um, structured life um, of what everyone else was doing, which is actually so funny because it's like in contrast to like what I grew up with. My parents were entrepreneurs. They were always like, doing new things and and kind of in a sense of flow. So for me, I kind of like sidelined the feng shui until, until much later in my life. And I traditionally was like business businesses work 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 and set up a business actually then I kind of left the corporate world set up a business with my parents and with my dad and I ran that for seven years and that was really an amazing experience in terms of like business but inside I was fulfilling someone else's dream I was fulfilling my father's dream not mine and um, I was really pretty miserable Um, and kind of got to a turning point when my mom came home from visiting my sister in Australia and people had said to her oh is it really difficult you know leaving your daughter in Australia like she's you know it's so far away and mom was like no and that sounds like kind of weird for a mother to say mom was like no she's so happy like that makes me happy and she came back and saw me in the business and she said to me I think you need to leave because I was so miserable and you know a crazy twist of faith I just kind of turned around and said I'm gonna go to India become a yoga teacher now just to kind of put the lines of this like I had been on one yoga retreat for a week and I had practiced yoga once a week um, on Wednesday for an hour so it wasn't like yoga was my (laughs) my thing it just was like a kind of like out and I'm like I'm gonna go and do this and like start and that's when everything really started to unfold for me in terms of um, learning actually about the Vastu, which is the Indian version of Feng Shui, and training in all these different holistic modalities, really just opening up to a completely different like spiritual world and life. And that was so, so, so phenomenal. Um, but then that kind of like world was quite interesting because when I moved back to Ireland with all these gifts and tools that I had kind of accumulated after um, over a year in India, I started just kind of like on a whim with a holistic business, you know, I'm going to do meditation. And I was teaching yoga for like five euro, five euros a class. Like, and I remember Tuesday lunchtime, I would one student and that's what I would make in a day was five euros. And um, like spiritually, I was very full, but financially I was not. <laughs> and um, on two things that I really wanted to fill in my life at that time where I was ready to meet the right person, and I needed to sort out my finances. And that's when I moved into a new apartment um, and started to feng shui it. And within a couple of like months, very soon afterwards, I actually met my now husband, Ken, through feng shuiing my bedroom for love. And then um, things started to really shift in the business as well once I kind of just 
worked with the financial side of the of the feng shui as well. So I have like very like logistical questions. Mm-hmm. Are you okay if I go there? Go with it. So how did you afford an apartment if you were doing five euros a day? Okay, so this is so good. Um, I basically then started... Um, so one of the things and the biggest gift ever was <clears throat> I was manifesting really good things. Like, for example... When I first moved to Dublin, my friends um, said, they were like, where are you going to stay? I was like, I don't know. And she was like, here, you can you can stay in our spare room. And then another friend was like, I have a bicycle for you. So I really started to get things like ball, like things in motion. Um, and they actually said to me, you know, Patricia, before you um, move out to a new place, you need to have your classes full. So things like Groupon, like I really just like hustled, <laughs> to be honest. I hustled my ass off. I was like, I've got to do this. Um, and I ended ended up manifesting like um, my dream apartment um, that I could afford because I was going to rent the other room and I actually had um, some kind of built up some clients and the amazing thing was I did like Groupon deals and that was like how I got my first month's deposit for my place and I was like just trusting like I'm going to be able to afford this and it was like a real wing and a prayer. I think that's so important because as we get into um, talking more about the uh, the depth of feng shui, and I think this goes across for so many spiritual practices that can be so magical, mm-hmm. is this understanding of the balance between the the work that you physically can do to manifest your dreams and then having that meet that faith that it's yeah. all going to work out, yeah. that you have to have both. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then that you could magically feng shui the hell out of everything you do. But if you're not actually stepping up to the plate in the way mm-hmm. that spirit is calling you, it's not going to really create the same kind of difference than if you are. Is that, is that f- a fair statement? For sure. And I think that even I just like remember one of the big significant things was there was this huge mind, body, spirit fair in Dublin. That was like, you know, a big risk. I remember having, I, I remember messaging a woman and saying, I really want to stand at Mind Body Spirit, and she said, "I said I have singing bowls, and I'm have like you know, I had like brought stuff back from India, blankets and bracelets and different things like spiritual signs and all kind of like um, and art." And I messaged her and I said, look, can I do the stand? And and she said, yeah. And she came back and she was like, it's going to be five hundred euros for the stand. And I was like, look, I have stuff to sell. Can I pay you afterwards for the stand? And like, she totally just was like, I really want singing bowls at the fair. I haven't had them for years. And she trusted me and she had like, I was a total stranger. So after that, you know, it was like these like synergies and amazing support that was coming in going, I was showing up going, can you just do me this favor? I know this is like totally not what anyone would ever do. This is a huge fair. There'll be like 20,000 people at this event over the three days. And I was like on a wing and a prayer, like, can I have a tape? Can I have a stand and pay you after the fair? <laughs> um, and she was like, yes. And honestly, yeah, that was like a huge step up because that was there. I was like, oh my God, afterwards, I was like, yeah, there's the 500. I knew that was the first thing. And then I had made some money from selling my wares. I love that because I think it is it's it's a big ask that you made mm-hmm. but i think the reason most people won't make the ask is their fear of rejection not mm-hmm. because they're trying to they they convince themselves they're trying to take care of that other person yeah but the real thing that's holding them back is that fear of rejection mm-hmm. 
for sure. And to be honest, I remember people that knew me kind of in the holistic circles in Dublin, like, oh my God, you're so brave to have a stand here. And I'm like, it's the only place to be. Like, I cannot, like, what else am I going to do? I need to get my name out here. I know I need to do. And like in the previous business that I run with my parents, like I was so good at PR and I was like, I need to be in the right place where the people are going to get to know me. And it was like the ripple effect from just showing up and doing that fair just transformed so much. I made loads of people. I collected email addresses. Like I was able to tell people about my classes, my sound healing, my one-to-one work. And it was this like crazy ripple of connections and people just from that. Oh, so good. Love it. Okay. So here's, so I want to talk about why I haven't read your whole book. So Patricia's book is The Happy Home. You can get it on Amazon and it's so well-written. And the reason I haven't finished it, Patricia, is because I made a commitment this year that I'm not going to read books without doing them, you know? And so right after I got your book, I got um, sick and and I've been like trying to balance, you know, doing like physical stuff that isn't, you know, not doing physical stuff that isn't necessary. And the first thing I need to do is clean my windows. Mm -hmm. So... Why don't you talk a little bit about maybe actually we should talk about what feng shui actually is because mm-hmm. I knew it before I got the book, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure everyone that's listening will. But then maybe we could go a little bit into you know what you think are the most important things that people need to understand about it. Yeah, for sure. So my favorite way of describing feng shui is that it's like acupuncture for your home. And acupuncture is really about making sure the energy is flowing around your home easily, that it's flowing in and easily around it. Um, and when we work and think about acupuncture for your home, it's, it's this powerful process of an energy, but energy is also money, luck, love, ease, flow. It's like all the energy. It's like everything that comes in. So it starts at your front door and really it's about making a space that is fertile for your dreams. Now, you know, if you have an intention that you want to plant or seed or grow, like whether it's build your business, you know, find love, you're not going to like throw that seed out in the concrete ground to just like try and like wither and try and grow and root. It's not going to. And what I work with feng shui is really about planting, creating this fertile soil, this fertile environment for like growing and manifesting what it is that you want in your life. Mm, I love that. So, you know, you I heard you say something a couple of times where, you know, you can put the seat down in on the toilet, but that's not going to fix everything mm-hmm. with your money issues. And the point mm-hmm. is like you don't you want the seat down because you don't want money money is water is money energy yeah. and you don't want to keep like well, you explain it because I clearly am not doing a good job. <laughs> so essentially, when we talk about like the energy coming into your house, it flows in, it flows all the way around. So that's that's like coming in like a flow of a river coming in. And where there's excess water, you really don't want it to be more. And also, you don't want it to go down the toilet. You don't want the energy to leave and escape your home. You want to keep it in your house. So... And there's many, many layers to feng shui. And at the very top of the layer of the point, like the very tip is like literally all the little tips. Like, just like you said, keep your toilet seat down and clean your windows and make sure your handles are working well, you know, like, so you have a grip on your finances, a grip on life. So everything in your home kind of reflects something that's going on in your life. And these small tips can give you like indicators. And then the next level down in terms of the, the iceberg is where every part of your home represents a 
different part of your life. So just like the acupuncture analogy, your heart has a job, your lungs have a job, you know, the, what, the southeast area of your home is your prosperity area. That has a job that really is um, looking after the finances in your home and the prosperity in your home. So it's either attracting what you want or repelling it. So the energy is either happy or sad. And that's what we work with was, is making it happier or better mm. and enhancing it. I love that. So I had a question as I was sitting there sick and not able to, I guess I technically could have cleaned the windows, but it just didn't feel like a good use of my energy. So our, our windows are typically cleaned inside and out by, you know, the cleaning team once a year mm-hmm. for something like the exercise where you have an affirmation that goes along with it, which I'm going to put a link to the book in the show notes, everyone, so you can grab it. Is it important for you to physically be the one doing the stuff that is really, it's not just the actual clean windows, it's the energy of cleaning them. Is it important that you be, you be the one to do it? I think that there's, there's a kind of a bit of a balance between it because if you're actually getting your windows cleaned regularly or you're getting your windows cleaned, you're just like, oh, that's great. That's done. And there's that intention of like, oh, it's time to clean them. And then it's like, you know, so you can do maybe one window and be like, I'm going to do this one in my office specifically and be like, I'm doing the outside of this one or the inside of this one. And I'm like cleaning away everything and just clearing it. So just like, again, that kind of body analogy, your eyes are the windows in your home. The front door is the mouth of your home. So you can see out like, so if your windows are blocked, you can't see what's coming. You can't see where you're going. It's like a kind of debilitating space. So it's important. And I know this is like the very subtle things, like these small things that we don't think about how they're affecting us and our home. Mm, Yeah. And I think just what I found even before I really understood feng shui is there's just some things that are functionally they, they affect you on so many levels, like mm-hmm. psych- psychological levels. And I remember years ago, my husband was out of work and I had started the business. Like our finances were so tight and the, the tile floor in our kitchen started cracking. Mm-hmm. It had not been laid well. And we waited like a good two years to fix it. And when we finally had a new floor put down, we thought, oh my God, why did we allow ourselves to walk? Like the floor was literally representing how we felt about our financial world, you know? For sure. And I think this is one of the big things that we kind of like start taking for granted or resisting doing small improvements and upgrades in our home. And we don't recognize how they're affecting us energetically, but also how they're affecting our life. Because for example, if those tiles, that tiled area was your prosperity area, and I'm not sure whether it is or not, it could have been your career area. It could have been, you know, where your husband was out of work at the time, you know, it could have. And then it's like really having a detrimental effect on that exact area. But then, it's depleting your energy every time you see it and you go oh like we really want to be in an environment and in a home where you look around you're like yes oh my god like yes and that doesn't mean that it all needs to be like this beautiful entire interior design fantastic house it means that it is like feels good to you and like everybody has very different uh, um kind of lem- levels on that so i have feng shui like multi-million dollar homes that are interior design but like on the inside the family are not happy they're arguing all the time they've got loads of money but there's like they've just been robbed or there's there's lots of drama going on in their lives so you know that that also is kind of like the crazy and that doesn't mean that if you an interior de- design has that, that that's 
going to happen, but it depends on each house and every house is completely unique. So whatever is going on in your, in your life, oftentimes we think that we need to look inwards. And a lot of my clients have been doing a lot of inner work. So they have been sorting out their stuff. They've been working through their traumas. They've been really doing the inner work and digging up like beliefs and limiting beliefs around allowing good things to happen in their lives and seeing what's going on. But you get to a certain point where you're like, and it kind of it almost like it becomes a habit of like, what, what do I need to sort out inside that I see what my clients would happened with, is that it's actually now it's their house that's holding them back. And Mm. exactly how I've really moved into feng shui as like my real thing to do and to work with because I have like this whole other bag of modalities that I love um, and everything that I did for to train it that I trained in or worked it work as is because I found it successful and useful for me at the very beginning so for example and I, I don't, yeah I, I don't know if I said, said this in the book but Essentially, I was working with as a holistic therapist, working with clients. You know, I still have my yoga classes. I had my sound healing, but I had one-to-one clients. And we were clearing loads of trauma, loads of work. And like I, one woman comes to mind and she was getting up early. She was doing mantras. She was going to Qigong. She was getting acupuncture. She was working with me. We were releasing seriously strong, powerful stuff. And it was just like, what? Like, and I was kind of like a bit confused, to be honest, going, she is so like living in alignment, but yet things are not still quite moving. And I used to ask her and be saying, like, tell me about your bedroom. Tell me about your kitchen. How are you getting on with your husband? Tell me about... And she'd be like, well, what are you asking me this stuff for? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's nothing to do with that. It's I just need to do this work. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when I started working with the feng shui deeply for myself, I, I then I brought did the certifications and more trainings and all that. And um, she was like, you used to always talk about the house. Come and do the house. So when I got to her house, I realized and just saw exactly what was going on. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this basically is the roadblock. I'm like, if we work on the energy here, because her energy had risen, her vibration had was rising so high, but she was being pulled back down by the energy of her home. I think it's so funny that I don't know if the um, editors are going to be able to get rid of the mm-hmm. sound. But there's like a baby crying in the background. And I know you're like with friends right now yeah. and you're talking about this thing. And I always find the ambient sounds that come in, like, at least on my coaching calls, it mm-hmm. hasn't really happened with this podcast always are meaningful. And I think like that is so true that like there was this this thing that was like crying basically yeah. for attention mm-hmm. and it was being ignored, right? I'm sure yeah. that baby is not being ignored. <laughs> He's been squeaking away all all morning. He's just like not happy at the moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um well, if you're listening to this and you don't hear the baby at the time we're recording it, yeah. there was a baby in the background. Yeah. So I have a um, probably like the least important question for any listener, but I want to ask it. So, um, so I when we moved into this house and I was looking at the feng shui, kind of like just the key pieces. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I had never explored in my the where I lived before, and I'm not an expert, but I was that the color of the door was the wrong color. Mm-hmm. So it our house faces like due east. Mm-hmm. And I believe what I I think our choices were we have a like a dark red, reddish brown mm-hmm. door. And I think our best choices were like dark green. I think it might have been blue, then black, then dark green, I want to say. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, but my husband does not like those colors for our house because it has like gray siding. Yeah. So have you ever had a situation where like personal preference, like where you weigh personal preference to feng shui, like good practices? I don't know if it's in the book. I haven't gotten up to that point yet. So <laughs> yeah. And I think this is where, um, it can be one of these things of like, I've heard this is bad feng shui or I, my house door is painted red and I only meant to have blue. Um, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I am like, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. It will not like you are not jinxed forever. Really what I like, to, how I like to explain it is like, you know what? We just work with what you've got. I will never, I will give people like these are your suggested best colors for your front door. If you don't do it, that's okay. Because I want you to focus on what's going on inside your house. There's really, I have like kind of a, um, a layer of like, what's the most important things and then what's the least important things. And they're all part of a big jigsaw puzzle. So it's not like if you don't do that, it's not going to make the, the jigsaw isn't going to be able to be finished. You know, it's like, there's so many different right. parts and so many different levels and different things that you can do. And it works when we work with feng shui that I like prioritizing with them. And, and this also goes with stuff like, um, I was, um, meant in an article in Forbes recently and one client one another feng shui consultant said something like um in the article oh if you walk in and you see your bathroom that's bad feng shui or your toilet and you know the thing is if that's what your house is I don't want you going and believing that I'm thinking my house is jinxed this is bad feng shui because that is like structurally not possible to change and it is but it's going to bring a big expense so I will never like dive into that going that's bad I'm like okay fine let's work let's work with some let's work on what other things we can fix you know it's okay for me to work with a client who I'm helping them draw the plans for their new house and kind of go actually the bathroom will be better positioned over there when it's a piece of paper um so really what I do when I work with feng shui is just about working with what you've got you know you could have an in, in our house in Ireland the front door that we have is not changeable the color is like it's a special metallic door that you can't change the color so it would be you know a big expense to change the door and I'm like no it's fine let's work on something else like what else can we do instead of that yeah, nice. Okay, that's so good. I, I I had a feeling that's what you'd say, Patricia, because you're so common sense when it comes to all of this, but it feels good to hear it. So, okay. Oh, gosh, there's still so many questions I want to ask you, and we're almost at time. So I, I think it's more important to focus on the fact that um, there's a couple of layers for people to do the, if they're interested to do this work with you. Mm -hmm. The first is to buy your book, The mm -hmm. Happy Home. But I know you actually have a program coming up and you know, I think our, we run our businesses similarly where we like to give sample content in the form of like trainings or webinars or videos. And then you can, you know, purchase the program if that feels like a good investment to you. So why don't you tell everyone about what's coming up? So I have some trainings, basically where to get started with feng shui and um, learn a little bit more about it, how to find your prosperity area, how to figure out what house type you have. So I've got some trainings that are going to really go through that um, and give people some real aha moments around living in the home they are now to reflect on it and see how they can improve it. So that's coming up and I'm super, super excited about it. It's really just an amazing, amazing way to kind of start looking at your house from a very different perspective. Oh, I love that. Okay. So I will put, um, we will link to that training and then 
will that training then give them the option to get a course that you have that's coming up where they can have deeper work with you? Yeah. So my um, signature program is called Feng Shui Mastery. And that's a seven week kind of like uh, intent, uh, intensive program where we actually create personal reports for all of our clients. So as I said, every single house is completely unique. Um, and that is kind of the nice thing about this because, you know, I could give, I can really give like the happy home book is where I can give you as much information as possible until we get to that personalized level. And beyond that, that's when it's like, if stuff is really still not shifting in your home, there's something that we need to look at specifically. And, and how my program came about was I was doing very generic courses, just like basics of feng shui, but clients came and I was like, I need to know more information. I need to see the photos. I need to understand what's going on to be able to give the proper fixes. So that's how we created feng shui mastery. And it's a beautiful program. Um, and really kind of like a, a bit of a, a life learn, long learning, like working with the energies of your home to support you to create absolutely phenomenal shifts and changes. I love that. So I'm going to put links in the show notes because I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I'm supporting Patricia on an affiliate link, which means that if you ultimately buy her course, I will get paid a commission. Now I'm going to have some gifts lined up if you do purchase through my affiliate link, but I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. Of course, I would not promote anything I didn't personally believe in. I've seen just in my mastermind, the amazing testimonials Patricia has had with the work she's done with some of our colleagues. So, and I'm super excited to dive in deeper with her myself. Okay. So Patricia's second, there's two questions left. I ask everyone. So the second question is, what do you believe your purpose is? My purpose is to inspire people to create a life that they absolutely love. Um, and for me, it's about creating these environments that empower them to do the same. So you just can't live in, in um, you can't really live your best life um, if there's something blocking it. And for me, the biggest block that I've seen uh, for people is their environment. Mm, love it. Okay. And the final question is, for listeners who are looking to create their definition of wealth while living out their purpose and not uh, compromising in any of those areas, what's the one thing that you would suggest that they do to move that forward? I would suggest them to look around their house and have a look and see what's in your home that does not represent where you are going in your life, where you want to go, whatever that vision is. I just love the idea of allow you creating your allow your home to be a vision board for your future and not um, a shrine to your past. So if there's things that represent sad, unhappy, bad, negative experiences in your home, release them. And start with a new slate of like, what is it I'm creating? Is this reflect reflect where I'm going? Oh, I love that. Oh, so good. Everyone take that challenge. <laughs> do it now. And if you're listening in your car, I say pull over, look around that car, figure out that one thing that's in there, like that piece of garbage that you've been staring at <laughs> and just commit to getting that out. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Patricia is, where would you like people to find you? So people can find me at patricialohan.com. I'm on Instagram. Um, and you can try to track my travels around the world, um, on Instagram or on Facebook at Patricia Lohan as well. Oh, it's so good. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's been such a pleasure having you on. It was such a pleasure. I just love, 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 love sharing with you and, um, everybody who's listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. 
If you liked what you heard, please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found us. It fills my heart when I read a review and helps us reach many more people. So thank you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.